You're listening to Homebound for Adventure, helping O&M students stay connected and engaged while quarantined. My name is Tracy, and I'm your host. Oh, hey! It's another Welcome Back Wednesday. This is Homebound for Adventure, where in every episode we explore how to develop and maintain exciting O&M skills, even when you're stuck at home. And yes, dear friends, this is episode eight. Isn't that great? And right out of the gate, I sure can't wait because we got some rad new listeners from Washington State. Okay, sorry for that terrible poetry there, but this week I'm excited because representing good old Washington, we have Orion, Lee and Bridget Dawn from Vancouver, and Journey, all the way from up in Issaquah. Welcome all, and thanks for listening. Sure glad you're here with us today. So, how are we all doing? Hanging in there okay? What kind of mood are you in? Are you happy? Calm? Excited? Bored? Frustrated? Mad? Or sad? Well, whatever you're feeling, that is okay. If you're not in the happiest of moods, I don't blame you. Some days can be hard, and this last week was pretty hard for me. But the sun is shining today, and that makes me feel a little bit better. And with the sun shining, it reminds me that summer is right around the corner. I don't know about you, but thinking about summer definitely puts a smile on my face. Ooh, which reminds me. It's time for my favorite segment, 10 to Tell, where you, yes you, have 10 seconds to tell us anything that will make us smile. Hi Tracy, this is Addie, doing my 10 to Tell. I just want to say that you like to encourage people learning own-in skills. The best cure for blind people is self-acceptance. Self-love is very important, and even though there's challenges that you may come, acceptance is the most wonderful gift you will ever find in life. Thank you, everyone, for those encouraging voicemails, which couldn't have come at a better time. Think you want to do a 10 to tell, but just haven't worked up the courage to pick up the phone yet? Well, here's your chance to swallow that fear and follow your heart. What have you got to lose? Just call my phone anytime after 4.30 and leave a short voicemail for all the other listeners out there. Not sure what you want to say? Well, think about what makes you smile and share whatever it is that you are thinking. Looking forward to hearing from you. All right, I think it's time for our topic of the day. Yes! Which, if you listened to last week's episode, you probably have a good idea of what we'll be talking about this week. Last week, in case you missed it, and if you did miss it, make sure to go back and listen. We talked about stop sign intersections. Did you have the chance to analyze any stop sign intersections where you live? If so, What did you find out? Maybe you found a plus-shaped intersection with either four, three, or two stop signs. Any other types of stop sign intersections you found? 
you might have been surprised to find a stop sign intersection with only one stop sign. Or one that's not even a plus shape. No way! Or one with detectable warning surfaces, or one without. Mm. I could go on and on. The point of what I'm saying, though, is that all stop sign intersections are different. They come in all different shapes and sizes, with different features, and just because you can identify when an intersection is controlled by stop signs, there is still more to the intersection that needs to be analyzed before you should even consider crossing it. Okay, thank you for listening to my rant. Let's get on with today's topic because today we're moving on from stop signs and focusing on dun da 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 traffic, light, intersections. All right, so we already know what an intersection is, right? And just like last week, today we'll be focused on plus-shaped intersections, where two streets cut across each other, forming a plus shape on the ground. Cool. Just like stop signs, traffic lights also control cars by telling them to stop before entering an intersection. But unlike stop signs, traffic lights also tell cars when to go. You see, traffic lights are pretty snazzy. Each traffic light is actually a collection of multiple lights stuck together in a row, which all turn off and on at different times. Every traffic light has at least three lights. A green light, which means go, a yellow light, which means slow down, and a red light, which means stop. Traffic lights are usually found hanging off of wires or mounted onto large poles. At a typical plus-shaped intersection, where cars can enter the intersection from four different places, there should be at least four different traffic lights, each with their own collection of green, yellow, and red lights. Most of the time, traffic lights are located directly above the middle of the intersection, so that drivers who are coming up to the intersection can see them from far away. And why on earth would someone driving a car need to be able to see a traffic light from far away? I know, I know, I know. So remember how last week I told you that stop sign intersections are usually located in residential neighborhoods, places with lots of houses, and also places where there aren't necessarily lots of cars? Well, if you want to find a traffic light intersection, chances are you'll need to get out of your residential neighborhood and find a place with more cars. Hear that? That is the sound of a commercial neighborhood or the part of town where people do their shopping and spend money. Commercial areas often have apartment buildings and business offices too. Where is the closest commercial area to your home? With all that busyness and noise, intersections in commercial areas can be a bit more, hmm, how do I put it? Overstimulating? Huh? Or even distracting? Yes, overstimulating and distracting meaning there is just a lot going on. And when there's a lot going on, it's important that drivers stay focused on the color of the traffic light 
first and foremost. So back to my point, having a traffic light that is easy to see from far away helps drivers focus their attention on it and gives them time as they are driving closer and closer to the intersection to figure out what they need to do, whether that means keep going or slow down or be prepared to stop based on what the color of the light is. Oh, speaking of a lot going on, remember this? It's an APS, yet another sound to add to the busyness and noise of a traffic light intersection. If you remember, APS stands for Accessible Pedestrian Signal. APSs help people who are blind to stay safe at traffic light intersections. Hmm, but how so? Well, in order to answer that question, we first need to talk about how to identify a traffic light intersection. We already know that traffic light intersections are usually located in commercial neighborhoods, places where people go shopping or spend money. Commercial neighborhoods tend to be a bit more noisy and have a bit more cars and buses driving around them than in residential neighborhoods. Okay, great. So if we come to an intersection in a commercial neighborhood, we must be at a traffic light intersection, right? Not so fast. Just like we can't assume that all intersections in a residential neighborhood are controlled by stop signs, we also can't assume that all intersections in a commercial area are controlled by traffic lights. So what are we supposed to do? Well, here we go again. It is time to analyze an intersection. So let's say you are standing on the corner of an intersection. You want to cross the intersection though because you're trying to get to a convenience store across the street. You can hear lots of cars on your perpendicular street. That is the street that you are about to cross. But they aren't stopping. You think, hmm, is this street uncontrolled? You wait for a minute. There is a car on your parallel street. That is the street on your left side. But obviously it's not moving because there are too many perpendicular cars blocking its way. The car is on, but it's in a stopped position. And then two more cars drive up behind that car. And there are three cars on your side. Engines running, but not moving. And then a little while later, to your surprise, a few cars on your perpendicular street, that is, the street in front of you, start to slow down. Before they even cross the intersection, they stop, clearing an open path for you to walk. But you wait a few more seconds, and before you even have time to think, you hear the three cars on your side start to surge. Once they all start to go, they keep driving straight through the intersection, one in front of the other, picking up speed and not stopping. After 30 seconds or so, the cars on your perpendicular street do the same thing. They surge ahead, keep going, and don't stop. stop no, 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 we are not playing that game again. Oh boy. So, what type of intersection are you at? Well, what did the surges tell you? At a stop sign intersection, Every car is supposed to surge one by one 
and go through the intersection one at a time. And there's not much time between surges. At traffic light intersections, however, you might hear a whole bunch of cars on one street starting to go. And the time it takes for another surge to happen is quite a while. So based on that knowledge, what type of intersection are you at? Yes, it's a traffic light intersection. Cool. Nice job. Oh, but wait, there's more. As you stand on the corner listening to the cars, you accidentally bump into a large pole. You feel it with your hand and discover that on the pole, there is a push button. And here's a bonus tip. If you ever find a push button on an intersection corner, that's a very good hint that yes, you are at a traffic light intersection, since stop sign intersections do not have push buttons. So you push the button and voila, a few seconds later, you hear this sound. Oh, an APS. Phew, what a relief. And why are you so relieved? An APS tells a blind person when the walk signal has just turned on. But instead of having to look at the pedestrian light, all you need to do is listen to the APS. You see, most traffic light intersections have traffic lights as well as pedestrian lights. Traffic lights are lights for people who are driving cars. They turn green to let cars know when to go. And pedestrian lights are lights for people who are walking. They change colors to let people walking across the street know when it might be okay for them to go too. Cool. Usually the best time to cross a traffic light street is the moment the pedestrian light turns on its walk signal. This gives someone the most amount of time to cross the street. The moment the pedestrian light turns on is the same moment that the APS will turn on too. Okay, wonderful. So is that it then? You just listen to the APS and then you know when to cross the street? Well, actually, no, it's not because I hate to break it to you, but not all traffic light intersections have APSs. Yes, as revolutionary as they are, a lot of intersections don't have APSs. But there is another way to know when the walk signal has just turned on. Can you guess what it is? Mm. We've talked about it a lot. It starts with an S and ends with an urge. And I sure got an urge to say, yes, it's a surge. Now, how does listening to a surge help you know when your walk signal has just turned on? Well, listen closely, I'll tell you a secret. Walk signals usually turn on right when your parallel street's traffic light has just turned green. Voila! So, listening to a surge on your parallel street, yes, that is the street beside you, tells you when the light has just turned green on your parallel street, which also means your walk signal has just turned on. Oh my goodness, this is just so exciting! Woohoo! Oh, but I'm getting ahead of myself once again. Please remember, as fun as all of this sounds, intersections are serious business. And crossing one requires so much more analysis and training than I can ever give you through a podcast. So please be safe and responsible 
and talk to your O&M specialist before crossing any on your own. One last thing about traffic light intersections. Last week, we talked briefly about the difference between timed traffic light intersections and actuated traffic light intersections. The main difference being that actuated intersections have sensors and timed intersections do not. Push buttons can act as sensors that, when pushed, help the intersection to detect your presence. Other types of sensors include cameras, radars, or underground metal detectors that detect the presence of cars. And the point of all these sensors? Well, it's to increase how many people and how many cars can go through the intersection in a shorter amount of time, because these sensors change the speed at which the traffic lights go from green to yellow to red. Timed intersections, however, don't have the luxury of sensors, so cars and people often have to be a bit more patient as they wait for their green lights and their walk signals to finally turn on. All right, so that's about it for stop signs and traffic lights from me. And just as a side note, we didn't really cover all types of traffic controls on this podcast, but stop signs and traffic lights are the main ones that you will encounter throughout your life. But if you have questions about any bizarre or less common types of traffic controls, make sure to talk to your O&M specialist. Hey, 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 I know that sound, and you should too. That's right, it's trivia time. And before we do anything else, let's talk about last week's questions. Question one was, what is a guy wire? And wow, what a smart bunch of listeners you are. Congratulations to Nicholas, Charles, Siorian, Addy, Turbo Man, and Angel for getting that one right. A guy wire is a cable or a rope that prevents something from falling over. (laughs) Have you ever been on an O&M lesson and seen or felt a telephone pole before? You know, those super tall, round, wooden poles that hold up the power lines? Well, next time you're near one, check it out for a bit and see if you can find any large metal cables nearby. Those large metal cables are called guy wires that are bolted to the ground on one side. The other side of the cable is attached to the top of a telephone pole. Guy wires aren't electrical wires, so don't worry if you touch one. Their only purpose is to make sure the telephone poles stay put. Question two was, what is the area of grass between a sidewalk and a street called? Well, turns out this was a bit of a trick question because there really is no right answer. Gotcha! Charles chimed in and said that he thought the grass was called a verge, which yes, it is. Nicholas, on the other hand, said parkway, which is also correct. Other names for that grassy area? Here are a few. Boulevard, curb lawn, grass plot, nature strip, parking strip, or my favorite, a sidewalk. Now, personally, I call it a parkway, but that's just because the person who taught me was from California. Depending on what state you're from, you might know it as something different. No matter what you call it, though, 
The purpose of that grassy area is to add beauty to the world and to help keep you a safe distance from near parallel cars when you're walking on the sidewalk. And with that, we're on to the trivia questions for this week. Ready? Here they are. Question one. What is the name for the technique in which somebody leads you by their arm? Question two. What does ADA stand for? Think you know the answers? Let me know. I'll be here standing by to take your phone calls, texts, and emails all week. And seriously, I mean that. If you don't reach out to me, I'll have no one to talk to. Well, that last part was a joke. Okay, so where was I? It's time for the profound sound. And let's start with last week's sound, which might have been a weed whacker or a dishwasher, a vacuum or a car window or a trampoline. Ooh, very good guesses, everyone. But the correct answer was a car window. Awesome job to Addie and Toodle and Siorian from Vancouver. That was the sound of my automatic car window closing. I had just gotten back from the river with my dog, Justice. She loved having the windows down as we drove back home. But once I got home, I had to close the windows. Ready for this week's sound? Of course you are. Why do I even ask? Okay, here it is in three, two, one. And again, and last time. That is all, folks. It has been a pleasure hanging out with you today. Stay extra safe this week. And oh yeah, maybe practice those O&M skills just a little bit this week, all right? As always, my number is 360-852-1810. My email is tracy.spohn at wssb.wa.gov. This is Tracy signing off. I'll talk to you again on our next episode of Homebound for Adventure. Homebound for Adventure, where home is spelled H-O-M-E. Because even in the home, O&M can always be found. Keep it up, everyone, and have a great week. Stop me now. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. If you want to have a good time.